This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be Janet, so nice, nice to meet you. you. Please sit. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I love this office. Thank you, brother. Why is my light not working? Oh, I saw something. What's that? That's uh, oh. oh, shit. I won. Can I have a green tea? This makes me upset. You love that? No, yeah, I love that, but that makes me upset. Well, it's, it's only in the lead. The only it's lead. in the lead. You, you see what I wrote. Yeah, I saw what you did. It's in the lead. Uh, can, can I get you a Coffee, water, I'm tea. So Your skirt's so cool. Oh, nice water. water. Yeah, I got you. Cool. How you guys doing? Really good. We're happy to be here. What's that? Just a green tea would be amazing. Thank you, bro. Something I've been in my house. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm super chachka out. Like I, I love this I, shit. But I love like this sort, this era of chachka out. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Like, How old are you? I'm 31. Yeah, it's all comes down, like it's just the shit that like you got excited about, like that brings yeah. back memories, exactly. right? It's why people get pumped when they see you, right? They yeah. think about a time, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what That's it is, right? It's And by the way, think about what that time usually means to somebody. Yeah. Simple as shit. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the shit that you thought was terribly important is like yeah, we were, you wish could be your headaches now. Uh-huh. We, were at, we were at dinner with uh, this guy named Bob Gurr. Bob Gurr. Who created... Uh, the monorail for Disneyland, he designed all these. An engineer. Yeah, he's an engineer. He's but he was one of the original Imagineers for That's Disneyland. That's cool. So he's 80 some years old, he's got all these crazy stories. But he was explaining, he, you know, we were, we were talking and we kind of landed on that of like, why is it different for when a fan comes up to us as opposed to like, oh yeah, you're on that, that big hit show on that one thing? It's the moment in their lives. It's because the first time they rode the front of the monorail when they were eight years old they have that memory for the rest of their lives. So when they see Bob, they're like, they tie him to that memory. You know, that simple time of when it was just like, happy so go cool. lucky and- 100%. Is, so. It's even like, it's even like, a, like there's certain songs that I hear that I like, like, cause I know like, they were like songs like when I liked a girl or yeah. thing, you know what I mean? Like, or smells like. Yeah, well smells the one that gets you. It's like, that's the one that's closest tied to memory, you know, it's like. Well smells really tricky cause yeah. people manipulate it pretty hard, like department stores and like oh, casinos yeah. and like, like oh, yeah. that's where they really get you. You know? What is it? What do they pump out the smell like near Christmas time? Is it like? I like the pumpkin spice. Yeah. But they do that at Disneyland too. They pump all the cinnamon's like the big one. Like cinnamon cookies. Mm-hmm. Like is a big. The gingerbread. Well, I started acting when I was like five years old. Right. So you didn't even know. And so it was sort of. So yeah. So I started. I started acting when I was really young. You know. Um, Right, so you had no fucking say. You didn't have love yet. No, I mean I. Your parents wanted you to act, or you you wanted to act. It was it was a combination, like. Were they like, hey, you want to act? And you're like, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, you're five. Yeah, but it was more of I was obsessed with like old classic. TV oh, so you were into and it. TV and. Yeah. And where were you I, living? That's why I love all this kind of stuff. Like I grew up. Like, like if you come to my my house, my house looks like Disneyland. You know, I mean, there's just stuff all over the walls and uh, memorabilia and toys and it's very colorful and um, you know I grew up on Martin Lewis and Abbott Costello and all these great comedy teams and the Marx Brothers and all that, Elvis and all that. And so at a young age, my dad would just see me kind of trying to- Do shit. Like, <laughs> totally. sound like Jerry Lewis yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and follow, you know, do this. So he's like, you know, cause he, he originally, he loves baseball, you know? So he's like putting me on little league teams right. and all this stuff. And I'm, 
I'm like, I don't Yeah. I like playing baseball. It's fun. You're like doing who's on first skits like, with yeah, that kids. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm literally in the dugout, like, who's on first? What's up? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, making the kids in the dugout laugh, laugh. instead of. Your dad's like, keep your eye on the fucking ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then he he realized, he's like, man, my, good for your dad. my kid doesn't. That's a good job I have. No, he's not. Jersey, not, right? Huh? Like in Jersey, or where, where was this? No, I was in Cali. In so, Cali, yeah, got so it. We're in well, I was in Orange County at the time. So, uh, yeah, so he just figured, dude, my kid doesn't want to play baseball. He wants to be doing something that's enter- in entertainment. And so we didn't have any idea. We had no background. We didn't know what we were doing. And then he, I, I think he just kind of opened up, you know, the OC Weekly and was like, oh, Alan Agent, you know, like the old movie. Yeah. You know, just, and we come in and it's like, yeah, uh, nah, nah, nah. you got all the kids like lined up and they're like, next, you know. And, uh, and that was just kind of the the, the, the That's start cool. Of it. And then I started doing commercials and all that. And then uh, did you freak when you first when you first saw yourself on a commercial? Yeah, it was a trip. It was like crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was, I had a kid I went to high school with that was the face of Nintendo cereal. Oh no! <laughs> it was the be- we still think it's the best thing. It was like the best. Yeah. Like it's uh, all we like. I mean, literally, yeah. first day of high school, I was like, kid who's a Nintendo cereal. Like it was yeah. like that big. Yeah. yeah, I mean, going to school. That's how. That's you how it was. You know, because we were. I was doing. I mean, I name a candy. You know, we. I, you read it. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing it from. Five you to, you dominated commercials. Yeah. Oh completely. yeah, because he completely. was a little yeah. freckled redheaded kid. Well, it was the most so like, commercial-wise, just like left field. The most left field. I don't know if there's like something that was so whacked out left field, but. Um, I mean, I did the class, like I've you know the taste you can see like all the 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 classic ones that you remember. You know, I've mm-hmm. I've done. The cinnamon toast crunch, oh, the gushers, best. the you know. Do you remember the gushers commercial? With yes. The kids, uh, okay. Yeah, that you were there. Spike yeah, sauces, awesome. whatever. Yeah, the, yeah. I was one of. The, Did your commercials used to run against your own show? Sometimes. <laughs> well, no. Sometimes my commercials would run. I'd have multiple commercials running at the same time. That's cool. So it'd be like me playing Game Boy, and then the next thing would be like me like Taco Bell. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, um, awesome. But uh, but yeah. So anyway. Uh, fast forward and then I, I how long of, how long did that show run the one that kind of like changed the Drake and Josh yeah. we did well that's an interesting that's interesting we did four seasons but we only did 56 episodes and it sort of just kind of became the honeymooners how the honeymooners did like 33 episodes and it just is that all forever. the honeymooners did isn't that crazy that's insane uh huh that's, and that's what people say when I say Drake and Josh. Yeah. Because people imagine that You're like blown away right now? I thought it was like 10 year run. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're blown away, D-Rod? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's not. People, people think that Drake I think Saved by the Bell feels like that to me. And Saved by the Bell was short. Well. Yeah, Saved I don't. Saved by the Bell was only like 80 episodes. Yeah. yeah. Because I feel like I know I, them I all. <laughs> I was shocked. Because we went to Saved by the Max the other day. The and I was just getting, and so LA. I was getting interested in like, you know, you know, re-upping yep. the nostalgia yep. and stuff. And rewatching episodes. Yeah, rewatching the seasons. And I was like, man, I could swore. Everyone's going to that so Saved by the Max, right? And did you know that? Yeah, the, yeah it's, it's really. It's really it feels like yeah, I. Really the college years only have one season. Yeah, I know the college years only have one season. That blows my mind. I feel like I've been watching. I was the so years obsessed with Kelly Kapowski. I oh my mean, god. I not. So obsessed with her. Like, but yeah, so. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. But anyway, we so you did that yeah, four years, and then what happened? And then for some reason, it just like. It and then what happened? With, like full did house. you start getting into into music Mostly at that point? No, <laughs> um, no uh, yeah, started playing started playing music a lot, and well, I started playing music early, 
like about 10 years old, you know. While you were in it. Old, while I was, yeah, so okay. I, 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 I've always had a passion for yeah. music. Started playing drums and I was like, I don't know, little kid, you yeah, know. Got in the basement. Yeah, and then, yeah, exactly. And then, um, didn't want to be in the back of the band. Didn't I, I, I wanted to write songs. I couldn't write on drums. I, I, I had to find other musicians if I wanted to play music, you know, so I, uh, I was like, screw that, I'm gonna play guitar. And uh, I had to learn, uh, fortunately, I, I booked a movie with uh, Roger Daltrey and, and Denny Lane and Carmine Peace and all these like rock legends. And uh, they really put you on. I had on. to learn how to play guitar for the MOOCs. So mm. they gave me, I, I had to be able to play guitar. So they gave me this amazing guitar coach. And so it just like serendipitously like happened like, boom, here, you wanted to play guitar? Here's, here, here, you can hang out with Roger Daltrey for, crazy. for, two, for two months and learn everything about being on the road with the Who and Stupid. these crazy stories of Keith Moon and he'd come in the studio, you know, pick up the guitar and show me stuff and it, he was really, really rad. And then I got to actually go in the studio and record with him because we were uh, doing songs for the movie. So at the very beginning of me starting to play guitar, I'm already, I'm already like immersed in this crazy, so crazy cool. world, you know. And then uh, started writing songs and putting little bands together and everything like that. And then um, I booked a show called The Amanda Show, which was basically the Carol Burnett show for kids. Um, and that was Amanda Bynes from the- I remember. All that. I, 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 this is not a joke, this is not a joke. I've seen most of Amanda Bynes movies. Really? They're, they're amazing. I genuinely, genuinely like, like eight to 15 year old girl movies. I mean, she, like, she like, was great, you know? Yeah, I mean, she was. The one where she was like like the soccer girl? She's yeah. the man, such a good movie. Man, yeah. Such a good movie. She's the That's man is a fucking. With Channing Tatum. I'm gonna, you know what? Movie. I'm tweeting that right now. She's the man is an all time classic movie. It really, it really <laughs> I'm excited is. to see what's about to happen. I'm about to lose so many followers. She's Actually, the man. You're, you're gonna notice it's gonna be the opposite. No, you're, yeah, gonna get, totally. you're gonna get gifs like of. Movie, uh, you know what I'm saying, yeah. That was the, the Olsen Twins. The Olsen Twins oh, movies, yeah. Billboard yeah. Dad. Billboard Dad. Dude, my, my, my friend was the, was the, uh, so the good. boyfriend or love interest <laughs> in that movie. I like the one so where they fun. go to Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Or Atlanta. Fucking love it. Yeah, they're so, they were all so good. They're all very good. Yeah, but Amanda Bynes is, I mean, she, she's my favorite. You loved her? I, yeah, I, I still, still Yeah, I mean, she was amazing. So we booked, I, I got onto that show, which was sketch comedy, um, which was, I loved. It was like completely my, it was what I grew up on. I wanted to be, you know, Jerry Lewis and do mm-hmm. all sketches and do all the stuff. Do you always want to be an SNL? Yeah, exactly. The voice so I got to do that. Yeah. So I got to do that. And then um, at the same time, I was making music. And the second season of Amanda Show, they brought on a, a, an actor named Josh Peck. Mm-hmm. He was this really funny, amazing kid, um, and we were—I was already a staple on the show, and he was sort of the newcomer. And so he would all uh, Amanda and I would do stuff together, and they would—he would be the kid that comes in and asks for something, mm-hmm. and then we make everything funny, you know. Mm-hmm. But we started to really gel, and just something—they started to see off camera and these things happened so they started putting us in sketches more together where we worked off each other and we were more becoming like the Tim Conway Harvey Corbin mm-hmm. show and uh, becoming sort of a Abbott and Costello and uh, and so they spun us off from that show on Drake and Josh. Josh that's how it happened yeah and so we got we we were just yeah spun off onto that and then the the music on the show the way I was able to incorporate all my own music 
uh, was that Dan Schneider, the executive producer, was just a big fan of, of the music, on, and he'd heard it on the Amanda show, and uh, all during while we were shooting that. And then uh, he was like, "Do you want to? Do you want to uh, have him play music? Do you want your character to have music incorporated? Do you want to keep that separate? What do you want to do?" And I'm like, "No." I mean, at the time, I'm like, "No, I want him to be a guitar player. I want yeah, him to yeah. be a, you know, a rock and roll yeah, guy. Yeah, of course. I want him to like good music, and, and yeah, let's let's incorporate the music." This is actually a cool story. So I, I, I get that phone call on a Friday, and he goes, okay, think about it over the weekend. I want to meet with you on Monday. We're going to talk about how, whether or not you even want to incorporate your music, and if you do, how much? Do you want to, do you want to have your own music? Do you want us to write songs for the character? Like, how do we want to approach this? So I said, okay, cool. So that day I called my, and what was this? Is, I'm probably like 15 at this point. Yeah, I'm like 15 at this point. And so I called my buddy and I go, hey man, um, I have this meeting on Monday about the music, and this is who I write music with. I'm like, let's get together and try and write a theme song for the show. That's cool. You know, and I'm like thinking, yeah, right, like we'll ever get it, but let's just, why not try? It'll be good to show him. And I got a great relationship with Dan, so I have no fear of him going, It's shit or it's great or, yeah. I don't have any fear of him saying that. I'll be like, okay, cool. Let's still get lunch, you know? Um, so we went, I went to, on that Saturday, I went in and we were trying to think of all the theme, days go by and different, you know, different, all these <laughs> stupid theme songs and nothing was coming and we were just sitting there and it was just like, just brain dead for 12 hours, you know. So I said, you know, screw this, let's just try and write a song so we don't waste the day. So then we start writing this song and it's a pretty cool song, kind of Elvis Costello vibe, rock and roll vibe and I'm like, oh, this is cool. I was like, wait a minute. What does a theme song even sound like? Like, we're trying to sound like a theme song. Let's just write a good song and make the lyrics sort of go along with the themes of the show. Themes of the show, which is basically these two guys who are complete polar opposites. Their parents get married, and now they have to live together in the same room. And they hate each other, but at the end of the day, you know. But at the end of the day, they need each other. They love each other. Sure. It's, bos- it's bosom buddies, or it's uh, perfect strangers. Perfect strangers you know. was the best. Exactly. So that's the chemistry. So yep. I'm like, let's just write a song le- about that, you know. And it became. I never thought it'd be so simple, but I found a way. I found a way. If you open up your mind, it's going to take some time. You know, over your shoulder, I'll always be picking you up when you're down. So it's like this very friend, like, hey, I got you, brother. And we recorded a little one-minute demo. I went to. Dan on Monday, and I'm, you know, I'm saying, oh, is there a boombox anywhere? I'm, uh, actually, funny talking about Amanda Bynes. He was working on what I like about you at the time, Amanda's show. So I was over at the WB lot, and we were on our stage, and we found a little boombox in, in the prop department and plugged it in. And he's like, oh man, can I just listen to it without you here? I, I don't know if I, what am I supposed to tap my foot, snap my yeah, finger? Yeah, sure, like, sure. This is awkward. And I, mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, dude, if you don't yeah. like it, you don't like it. We like, we like the same kind of music. We're, in, you know, like. I trust your opinion. If you don't like it, then you go with whatever else and then doesn't ruin my day, doesn't, you know, whatever. So he's like, all right. So he presses play and the one minute little demo version of Found Away goes by and he just stands up, unplugs it and walks out of the room and starts walking over and goes, guys, you want everybody want to, to everyone that's working on the stage, he goes, you want to hear the theme song to my new show? And he plugs it in on stage and starts playing it to everybody. Such after a cool song. moment. Oh, sick. And then, uh, and he just looks at me and he's like, all right, well, I just have to convince Nickelodeon, but that's, that's our theme song. What's it called? Found Away? All right, yeah, that's our theme song. And so I, of course, you know, 15 year old me, I'm like, what the? 
are you kidding me? Like, I was expecting, tap my foot, snap my finger, hey kid, get out of here. <laughs> and it just so cool. turned out, that, yeah, and I got to call my buddy and I was like, yo, bro, we just got a theme song. Like, we booked it. Like, And then it was a smash it. hit show. Yeah, and then the show took <laughs> off and now, it's crazy, I go to, I go to countries all over the world where they don't even speak the language, you know? And they sing the second so. oh. you start off with they're just, the, I mean, so the cool. phones are out, everyone knows every lyric to it. And it's like we were talking about earlier, it brings them back immediately 100%. back to that moment. Like you were saying the song. Sitting on the couch, like, simple day. Yeah, it's like All you worried about was like, it's like hoping for a snow day. Yeah, it's like for me, it's like when I hear like, I get knocked down or Chumbawamba or something. Literally, like, oh, literally, ro- literally rooting for a snow day was like the most important thing in my life at one point. <laughs> <laughs> like, like when AccuWeather was wrong and I had to go to school, when they promised me nine inches and I was gonna be out, That's was devastating. Yeah, you didn't have that in the OC. I never got to experience a snow day. Yeah, Dude, honestly, we just yeah. surfed. Yeah, you yeah. warm weather kids, you fucking missed out. <laughs> There's nothing like having a test that you're not prepared for and get snowed out. Well, <laughs> yeah. hurricane days. Okay, okay. Yeah. Or tornado. Yeah, but the problem with that is like people are dead and shit. Like, yeah. you can't be like, yeah, I missed. Like with me, it was like I miss science because the yeah. snows are. No, you're like I miss science. Like Eighty three are dead. You know? No, it's true. All I got was, oh, it's sprinkling. We're gonna watch a movie in the auditorium today. Like that's right. That's rain really it. fucked with you guys. That's it. Like rain fucks with LA. That's it. It does. People forget. Yeah, how to if it drive. sprinkles, you can't drive. People meanwhile, we were forget just in Florida and it's torrential downpours, and everyone's just like, get out of the way. <laughs> Yeah, Spray LA's different like that. And everything, but. Um, yeah, so I think that kind of. But yeah, so anyway, that brings it yeah, into the present of now, of just cutting records and touring and, and focusing on music. I made a couple movies last year that came out this year, but just like when you, you feel yourself so thin, it's like. You, you feel know, like you're gravitating more and more every day to music. Yeah, and you can only get so. You know, the other thing with the other thing with when I think about music and acting is. There's something very evergreen about acting. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm you, knowing your narrative, like, especially with having the win under your belt of acting, like, you can act in 40 years. Yeah. We say that That's all right, the time. Yeah. Like, if, you know, like, it feels like music's, like, to me, it would be harder pressed for me to believe in 40 years you make that album yeah. or that song. Maybe it's possible. You need to be, you need it just to feels more practical you need to, to be me. Caring, Plus, like, you always care about the thing you don't have. Like if you had two hit, you know, it's the same old thing. Like fucking Justin Timberlake wants to win an Academy Award. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. what you have, you know, it's like the whole, I, I talk a lot about entrepreneurship nowadays and I'm always like, man, it's so crazy. Athletes used to want to be rock stars and rappers, rappers and rock stars used to want to be athletes and now everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. You just always want what you don't have. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. human nature. Yeah. Especially if you care about multiple things. Mm-hmm. Like, like I love sports. I gave up on the Rangers and the Yankees the second they won. Like it's all Knicks and Jets now. Mm-hmm. It's not like they did anything other than win a fucking championship. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's just the way humans yeah. are wired. Yeah. Especially if you're competitive. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's also it's just easy. It's How do you categorize your music? I can't wait to go pop, listen now. Pop, pop. rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, well, it's, every album has been a little different. Yeah, but I mean, the, the stuff I'm releasing. And are you signed with somebody? Uh, no, just myself. Love that. And that's We're the thing too, is I can control it. You know, it's like. What can, what can I help with? What are we, what, well, when you were thinking about this meeting? Yeah, it's sort of just kind of, so basically. We, How did we get here? How did we? Okay, so, and that's basically what I was, what I was getting into here is, 
there, you, we have more control now with the music. Like you're trying to get an acting, it's like you wait shit, waiting around for someone to hire you. You pick your pick your jobs. Now with the with the music, waiting for the phone to ring. With the music, we can take control and release records when we want, make records when we want, you know, go tour when we want, play where we want, and not use agents, managers, uh, labels, any of that, and just basically do it ourselves. So we're kind of in that, I'm, I'm basically in that position where for the first time, you know, I've been on labels, I've been signed, I've released records every way that you, you can think of, except now I'm doing it by myself, Correct. independent, mm-hmm. and I- Control the masters. Yeah, and like how you wants to be an entrepreneur, it's like, in a sense, I'm finding myself like, whoa, I went from being an artist on a label to now I'm like running a business. AKA, you've gotta like do the marketing and the it, distribution, exactly. you gotta think about everything. Yeah, think about you gotta get up at three o'clock in the morning and work your tail. Do you like that? Yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's great. And, that, and I love that. Feels like you can die on your own sword. Yeah, and I'm a creative person, I love that, so I love being able to. I think, I think I'm super, like I think marketing is so fucking creative. Like, you know, I think don't, people don't think about it the way they think about painting or acting or music, but like the way I think about making people care about something feels like super art. Absolutely. And that's I think what gra- like what drew me to, you know, um, I think I saw you with my buddy T Grizzly and then and then, then I started was like, who is this guy? What am I what, what's going on here? And then I just started following you and started, you know, and you were just like everything you were saying, I'm like, Yeah. Exactly. That's right. Because, <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, you know, about two years ago maybe I, I had like this whole turn where I was like, dude, if I'm not getting up at, if I'm not getting up before everybody else is getting up, if I'm not doing what everybody else isn't doing, if I'm not doing if I'm then I'm just gonna be like everybody else. And every, and everybody's sitting there going, Oh, why didn't it work and you're like, dude and then once you start doing it, you start getting up buck crack at dawn, you know, you know, four in the morning, going to the gym, going doing this and going to the gym again, then going working on everything you're doing, like just trying to nice. kill it, you know? You start to realize when everyone's like, oh, it doesn't work, you're like, dude, you didn't get up till 10 o'clock. Like, so no, so like I'm noon. sitting here laughing because it's the biggest single thing that affected them. Like, you thought you worked hard. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I see people on Instagram and they're like, this is what hard work looks like. And it's 11.30 and they look like they just woke up and they're doing something on the computer or something. Like shift of or they're editing a video going. and you're like, you're like, you're like, dude, you should be, you should, it's 11.30, you should be like, that's like dinner time. Like you should be already boom, 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 boom. So anyway, so. Are those the orange sneakers I gave up? Yep. Those are the fr- pretty fresh. I'm like, why'd I give the I'm like looking at him like why'd I give those up? I noticed when he walked yeah. out, I was like so I'm reading the uh, Phil Knight book right now, it's so sick. It's so funny, that book is like it's like two years old and like Is it? Yeah, I think it's a good eighteen it's minimally eighteen months oh, old. Man. And like it's been brought up like four times this week. It's funny how things it's, are in the air. It, yeah, yeah. It's um, how it works. The universe does work out. Got it. So that's how yeah. that's how it the radar and then more importantly as you did your homework, you're like, wait a minute, this guy really understands or, or potentially understands like like mm-hmm. the marketing of getting people to pay attention to exactly, music. Exactly, yeah. And so it sort of seemed like, just like wow, he would be here. somebody that I, you know, doing this on our own, fit, you know, and we've been crushed. So ready, ready? I mean, it's really simple. It's distribution. Mm-hmm. Like when fucking, when the internet's young and there's 
40 fucking channels and you have a hit show on Nickelodeon, everybody knows who you are. Mm-hmm. In today's world, it's fucking so fragmented. Everything's fragmented. Yeah. So it's about figuring out how to get your music consumed at all costs. Now, SoundCloud and Spotify are fucking incredible because that's the infrastructure, and Apple Music, like that's the infrastructure of where people naturally go. I think the white space is where people don't go. I think the white space is theme songs. I think like the white space is uh, Twitch stars playing with your music in the background. Like to me, I just think that wherever there's attention, you need to try to figure out how to get music. I think that somebody right now is running marketing. I think somebody right now is running retail store operations at Sephora who grew up as you being their biggest crush because she's 29 and thinks you're the fucking coolest and if you like figured out how to get to Sephora, they would play your fucking music in every Sephora store 19 times a day on loop and somebody's like, what's that hook? Like to me it's how do you penetrate culture? Mm -hmm. Like how does your hook play on meme pages on Insta, on people's vlogs and you know, how does D-Rock use it in a vlog? The Delta playlist. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And it's like, you click library, it's like, why why wouldn't we be there? But here's the thing. I'm dying to know how many people actually listen to it. Mm -hmm. In a world of an iPhone and all of us want to listen to our own shit. What's up, brother? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm with you and I'm not against it at all. What scares the fuck out of me is one 18 second snippet in a fucking Paul brother vlog one time is gonna get to a lot of ears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to me, whether it's the theme songs of video games while you're making your dynasty team, whether it's Twitch players, which I think are absolutely gonna grow at scales that were like, especially you know for pop audiences, whether it's Dylan's Candy Bar is playing it in the stores, whether it's, <clears throat> you know, it's just fucking full penetration. Cause you're always one, you know what's amazing about music? It's kind of like making videos. You're one fucking at bad away. Mm-hmm. Like it blows my face off that you could write and record 813 songs, be 67, record one little fucking thing, randomly on some stupid shit. Like you didn't give it anywhere close to the thought you did about 80 other percent of your songs and that's the one. Yeah. I always think, the re- you know, so a lot of people when they watch this will say, you always say the same advice to, when the rappers come and hang out with you, you're always giving the same advice. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's what I think is the right thing. To, like, you know, I don't know, it's like a play in sports. Like, if they don't stop it, keep running it, yeah. and then you win. To me, it blows my mind that people were signed to, you know, to fucking Arista Records and this has happened hundreds of times, what I'm about to tell you. Fake scenario. Artist, manager, label, sitting in a room, 1987, 17 songs for the album, and they decide to not use the 18th song and use this other song, and that 18th song was the fucking song. Mm-hmm. That has happened hundreds of times. The fact that you don't have to worry about that and you can just do little four-pack music albums, one-offs, fucking, ugh. This is the greatest time ever to to be an artist, but the supply is greater than ever. Yeah, cutting through. Sure, but I honestly think that's merit. Cutting through is predicated on are you good? Right. Absolutely. Are you good at music? Totally. You know, somebody tweeted just actually that's fucking crazy. Somebody just tweeted and I saw it. And I got involved in the tweet. Um, 
you know, this is fucking bullshit. Uh, social media stars are getting more bigger advances than people that have been doing music all their lives. Is the other guy announced? Is that what it is? That's, what That's probably why it happened. Who's he? Who's it with? Uh, I think he was it Atlantic. Nonetheless, audience is audience. Yeah. There's a consumer, there's someone, there's an audience, there's someone who's gonna pay for it. And it's, it's what was that advance? Like, there has to be a ton. He has fucking, like the amount of fucking 13 to 22 year old girls that are obsessed with him are like through the roof. They buy a fucking lot of music. Like if you're a label, you're like, all right, let me get this straight. Like an enormous amount of 12 to 25 year olds like think you're the best. Yeah. Like, like how do you think that's gonna play out? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that was weird. yeah, the only the only downfall with that is that they they tried to do that with them putting them on screen and it doesn't translate. It so. didn't. Tra- it doesn't translate until it does. To your point, like Airplane's a shitty movie. Like the Kardashians sure. is bullshit until it's not. <laughs> until, yeah. yeah, guys, you're you're in the Hollywood world. I I went there a lot during this time. Netflix got shit on by Hollywood. Completely. Shit on. Completely. I'd be at CAA like hearing people like like I would bring it up. I'm like, yeah, hey, I really like what Netflix. They're like, get the fuck. Like like Netflix was like like made PBS feel like HBO. Like like you know it was like. So you know that to me that's what's great. Our guy T Grizzly. It's great that if if his song the four days after jail is fire, then his career starts. There's plenty of people like so to me. The audience is the only one, and all of our fucking opinions, and fucking all the media outlets, and all the managers, and all the agents, and all the publications, and meme accounts, it's just the audience. Yeah. There's nothing else. And to me, penetrating them, and giving yourself an at-bat, and then, and then, and then really trying to figure out how to bring value to A, the audience, always, but you do that by nature in trying to produce a piece of art that people enjoy. And then B, trying to find leverage with the distributor. You know, whoever's distributing that music. You have the ultimate leverage. For a certain demo, 27 to 36, you have fame. And good fame. Nostalgic, warm, fuzzy fame. I just think a lot of people are gonna say yes. I just, if I were fucking on this team and just like sitting down with you guys and like hung out for 60 days, I'd be like, all right, <clears throat> let's try to figure out who we think watched Nickelodeon and is 26 to 34 years old. Let's go. Let's DM them Yeah, that's all. the interesting thing we've been noticing too because the show, it's like full house, so it still airs. I mean, we, I yeah, to your point. Six-year-old, 10-year-old, 13-year-old, there's no demographic, but the 27, 28-year-olds will call up a radio server because and now the program directors and now the this and that are, oh, of course, we grew up on that if shit. You're wa- you know definitely that. If, if, yeah. you're wake, if you're waking up at dawn, yeah. like, I'll tell you right now, three to five hours, like, the first thing I would do is hire somebody at minimum wage, free, or like a low salary to literally business develop on DM 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And again, if you're 28 year old Sally or Rick, and they think you're the cool, like I would have done it for Macho Man for free. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like it's a trade. Yeah. D-Rock did it for a little, because it was a trade. He thought I was cool after he did his homework, you know? Yeah. <laughs> thought it was worthwhile, and he was right. Like, yeah. you know, so to me, 
I actually just think it's grinding. I think the 2018 version of going to show, doing shows every night at shitty fucking restaurants and fucking pubs and fucking this and that, which you probably would have not had to do to the same shitty level given the prior equity that you had. But like, if you're a comedian today, you can either go and do open mic or you can make content and then DM people for those same four hours. Like, I, I, I don't, I think people underestimate, like, I don't think people have understood the depth of spending four or five hours trying to connect with people yeah. and bring them. The problem is the people that understand it are either the most desperate or the smartest. The most desperate just spam you. I don't know, I just get spammed fucking 50,000 times a day. The smartest win. And then everybody else just disregards it. I just don't think it's disregarding, like to me. That's what, that's literally what we've been, that's how I got to you and I just sit there like, oh, this person's cool, oh, he follows that person, oh, is it that person? That's how we And then I literally just slide into the DMs and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, he beat me to it. Like, and, yeah. and, and, and you know, he even beat me to it. And it's like, let's, I'm locking this in. Yeah. Why? Because even, you know, yeah. love the show. We, we have, I mean. The same way if, I apologize, the same way if when I see a Jets player, like, I can, right. Beyonce can DM me. And if underneath that is Tom Hennessy, the long snapper yeah. of the Jets, I'm like, yo, hit up Hennessy. We'll get to Beyonce in four minutes. You know, like, amazing. it's everybody has what they care about. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think you have, you've been doing that for collaboration and, and purposes. I think you have to start thinking about that for distribution purposes. Yeah, we, we've definitely been using it for collaboration for and sure, for, for collab, yeah. just like, you know, branding deals to bring in. Makes sense. You know, yeah. hustling. I love that. Yeah. But I would say but go, mm-hmm. go look at all the pop, pop culture, music, pop, 890s nostalgia. Like, I would go to every fucking, I would go to every Nickelodeon meme page and DM and be like, yo, it's me. <laughs> would mean a lot to me if you fucking played this one minute clip of uh, of my song. You know what you should look up? Tierra Whack. You see what's going on with her? Mm-hmm. She's really interesting. She's an artist that we really kind of like got into. She just dropped a project and it's going super viral. It? Her name's Tierra Whack. T I E R R A. What she did was super smart. She dropped an album, 15 songs, all one minute songs so that the whole song would fit into an Instagram video. And then she's gonna watch how everybody reacts and make full versions of the songs that really popped. No way. Clever. That's very clever. So she did She did crowd feedback. And these are real songs. Like she's, yeah, yeah, this is true. I mean, and she's very Missy Elliott, like Lauren Hill. She's like real, she's a real talent. Yeah, and, and by the way, it was like 20,000 two minutes ago. Like everybody's co-signing her. Like, cause she put out this. I mean, this is real music. Yeah, like if you go to Twitter, if you go to her Twitter, everybody, everybody's like, Meek Mill's like, she's next, like she's really hit it. What I think you should consider is making one minute videos that are collateral, that you can DM all these people. They're always looking for content. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a real grind. I don't think people realize how I got here. I mm-hmm. fucking spent 14 hours a day on Twitter from 2007 to 2010, like every day. Yeah. Everybody thinks it's overnight. Just. Yeah. That's it's like my daddy comes. He, my dad will come into over to my house and he's like, "Why didn't like guys over here? Don't, don't guys?" Are, I'm like, "Dad, 
you don't understand like you don't just create an app and then it just happens on Thursday and then there's like by, seven dude, I'm Instagrams like years. I'm like there's, there's Instagram years Instagram. and years of research and development all of a sudden and by the, way, looks e- overnight. by the way even even when it happens overnight and Snapchat had a very fast path yeah there's one of them yeah like you can go win the lotto too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Two hundred million. Let's go. Fucking America. Go fucking yeah, scratch off your shit. Exactly. Like it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like. The for successes, you don't see the twelve years. Of- Beyonce fucking shaked her ass from like fucking nine years old on. Star searched this. Fucking her dad was dragging those fucking four girls everywhere. Fucking rodeo that. Fucking mall this. Like it fucking takes yeah. work. Yeah. To your point, that four and ten a.m. thing. Like yeah. it's work. I worked fifteen hours a day. Uh-huh. I fucking was in Helsinki last week, had a full day in Helsinki, fucking flew to America and fucking started that day. Like fucking like, you know, and everyone's like, oh, so lucky. Yeah. But you gotta give yourself a chance. And I think one minute music videos distributed, even if it's like, I'll tell you something real clever. I even think one minute, the like I would be filming everything you and your writing partner or somebody else, like, like even just a snippet of like the making of a song. Do you know how happy you would be right now if you had the film of the 12 hours where you made the theme song? Oh, hell oh, yeah. yeah. Do you know how cool this is gonna be when we watch this exact video in 40 years? Yeah. It's cool. So I would be recording more and I would be thinking about inst- Instagram's gonna have another 24 to 36 months no matter what happens. Anything could happen, but like, there's so, I mean, cult, like our society's attention that we care about lives there. Mm-hmm. Winning there matters, period. And then you can, listen, if I'm a songwriter, then I'm gaming it itself, you know? I was telling uh, one really big hip hop art- artist, I was like, the day Roseanne Barr thing, I'm like, you need to go in studio and create a song called Bars with two R's, you know? Oh, yeah. And just like fucking talk about your point of view on, not necessarily, of course you wanna make one reference to Roseanne, right. but it's more about like social commentating on the State of the Union. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're, a, fucking, when you're a fucking songwriter, you got power. Mm-hmm. Like there's a fucking volcano in Guatemala right now. Right, like you could write about it if it was authentic. I saw uh, Cap G must have some family there, or maybe his family's, but like, you know, he should be in studio right now making a song and donating all the proceeds to the victims of Guatemala and like call a volcano and just go. And that could be the biggest hit in all of South America this whole summer. Mm-hmm. You see where I'm going? We are the world. Yeah. I think a lot of times in like we are the world. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. When Nicky Jam just did that thing with Will Smith about World Cup, that's smart. Here comes the World Cup. It's fucking two popular people, a lot of audience, mm-hmm. right? Of, co- of course, and I think they did it because they had a deal already, but like if they didn't, like you could just see commercials hitting them up. Yeah. Hacking culture, both from a writing standpoint and a distribution standpoint. Like I make videos for 47 year olds and then run ads on Facebook for better people who are 47. Yeah. It's gonna be something, I'm gonna say something different than what's gonna, I'm not gonna talk about like you're halfway through life and you've got this and maybe you're 15 years into your marriage. It's not gonna connect for you. Yeah. But like when I fucking make a video for like, hey kids, you just graduated and like you don't know what the fuck you wanna do and your parents pressured this and that and that's gonna fucking work for a 22 year old. I think you can be doing more of that from a writing standpoint. What I would call social, like I think nothing's more interesting than people's opinions. It's what we love. Yeah. Hot takes and sports and fucking people watch. I mean, I mean, how, like look at Cardi B, she's the biggest thing on the planet and that's what got, I mean she started just being real on Instagram and people were like, oh, Authenticity shit, fucking plays, real. man. 
yeah just being honest you know 100 percent right yeah. especially in the times you know i don't you know i pay enough attention to culture it seemed you and this josh dude you guys had something like it like it was in the news right like that's at some point like a year ago oh, weddings yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like an interesting time to write the truth your truth not like whatever the back and forth was or like yeah, not the yeah. stuff that you wouldn't feel comfortable maybe just feelings i don't know i like sharing feelings could you imagine if he wrote a song about your feelings, about Josh? <laughs> it would be people would. That's a good idea. People would cry. People of course, cry. of course, they would cry, especially if you did it. 100% based on truth, not what you think would play. I will tell you the single biggest reason I think I win, and I win bigger than where I am now long term, is I never ever waver for my truth. Mm-hmm. I, uh, we have a sports agency now, and we represent, my brother and I, and we represent players. ESPN asks me to do this fluffy interview for their mobile thing with one of my players four hours before the NFL draft were in Dallas. Our player, Josh Jackson, was going in the first round the whole time. Every mock draft, first round, first round, first round. Literally when we got to Dallas, two days before the draft, we started talking to teams and it was like, like I'll never forget it. One guy just said to us like, you know, like, you think, he'll, you think he'll go in the second round? And we were like, whoa, whoa, what are you talking about? Like, he's going first round. And he was like kind of alluding to like, he might slip out of the second round. And I just remember how it was going, and I, which I didn't think he would ever go third round, but, I definitely started putting pieces together. The team started putting these together. AJ and the rest of the team was feeding me back. And like, it now became a realistic thing that he may slip out of the first round. So we sit down, we're on the couch, and I'm supposed to interview him and a couple other, uh, Kyle Allen, one of our other guys, and a couple of my agents were gonna hang out. My first question went right at Josh. This is my own guy. And I was like, hey man, you know, so for three, you know, for the last eight weeks, you've been told that you're gonna be a first round pick in the NFL draft, and here we are, hours before the NFL draft, and there's a significant chance you may slip out, and you're about to go into a green room with a bunch of guys, and you might be the last guy in there, and you might not get drafted. Are you ready for that? And it was funny, I almost didn't even understand what the fuck I was, like, it was almost out of, I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm like, why am I like an investigative reporter on my own guy? Like, I'm asking a question, other news outlets, no, no, either, even other news outlets are like, eh, I'm not gonna fuck with the kid, like, it's just because the truth is always gonna win. I did it in the wine business when I started that wine show. I panned wines of friends, like friends. Like friends, friends, friends. People that like let me sleep on their couch when I went to Napa and here I am at the height of my popularity in 2012, hundreds of thousands of people watching my show, me driving wine sales in America. Like wine moved because of what I said and I'm like this wine moved both ways. And I'm like sitting there and I just knew that I had to tell the truth. It's like when I go on the breakfast club. It's really tough to go on breakfast club when you're a 42 year old white man and be like, nobody cares about your problems. That's dangerous territory. That's, I'm not tone deaf. I just know it's the truth. <laughs> and I just think the truth will help. Yeah. Like it will always win. So back to that song, yes, if you actually were 100% authentic, not 99, do you know what I mean? It's the only you can't win. You can't win when you're leaving something on the field. Anyway, so I would think a lot about culture from a writing standpoint. Think about, think about this. Something can happen in culture, whatever it is. A volcano in Guatemala, Roseanne Barr, something positive like, a, you know, oh, I've never, you know, I, don't, I know we're filming this, but fuck it, I, I'll say it for the purpose. Audience, you know I don't like to go here. Some little girl gave her shoes or something to another girl. Remember about the $1,000 gift certificate to Zappos Amazon? Like a couple weeks ago, some little girl 
went viral because she got a gift card and what she did with it, she, what uh, someone, happened? Someone in her class, like I think, uh, wanted a pair of shoes, was sad, his family couldn't afford it for his birthday, she came in and gave him the shoes. But and I think on her video, birthday, or it was just a great story. Sweet. Where she like did right by somebody and gave up like her shoes to somebody else. And I sent her a thousand dollar you know, Zappos gift card, so she, I was like, buy as many fucking shoes as you yeah. want, right? That's my, I don't really, I, I, didn't, I don't talk a lot about the stuff I do like that, even this was a little bit uncomfortable, but I want the audience to hear it because you could have wrote a song about that. Yeah. It could have been like gifting shoes. And, and then you could have taken it, it would have just been in the zeitgeist. You might have made one little reference by rhyming her name and she would have thought that's the coolest, but the bigger thing was selflessness mm-hmm. and how doing the right thing is always the right thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think enough, pe- and you could have it out the next day. Got it? Yeah. The reason nobody used to write like that is because the album came out nine months later and that moment was gone. Completely, yeah. Oh, and with the way we're doing things, if it's just See where I'm going? Or even if it's a one minute clip, you don't even have to record the song, you just do it live, you know what I mean? Or you can just fucking record the song. Yeah. And if SoundCloud's your minor leagues, oh, you and if Spotify's your major leagues, you could play. Mm-hmm. You could. I, I don't think people take enough risks because they're precious with their music. I think, no one song can kill you. I think one song can make you huge for the rest of your life. Totally. And that's how my brain works. Yeah. And I think artists think one song can kill them. Totally. And I think they're wrong. Lil, Lil Wayne put out an entire fucking album where he's like fucking Jimi Hendrix. Or, or Snoop Dogg and a whole Rastafari. Yeah, Snoop Dogg's Snoop Lion. Yeah. Like, everybody's put out a bullshit song. <laughs> we, make, we make unlimited videos that suck shit. Yeah. Especially when D-Rock edits. <laughs> that was Derek just there, G. Excuse you on the phone, I'm sure. Oh shit, okay, cool. And oh, nine, cool. nine minutes ago? Yeah, I mean, he was behind too, so. Got it, okay. Yeah, I mean, feel free to use this as like a spring pad to a relationship, and if I, you, you just hit me up cold, like, we'll help. Awesome. Just tell me what matters. We'll definitely use some music in our content. Yeah. Oh, great, yeah. Yeah, send me, you'll text me his contact card. Yeah, yeah, and that's also if there could just be an open line of dialogue. That's it. What I was looking for. Yeah, like, that's always what I want out of these things too. You know, everything that I hear you say is just like it's literally because some of the stuff is. I'm like, man, babe, remember like three weeks ago? That's what I was saying. Yeah, I was saying. That's what I get it. People don't do. That's what I was saying. Like, you know, you live for you know if you live for Friday, you know. Our biggest thing is I can't stand people. They're not working on the weekends. Okay, so we have to wait till Monday to get an answer. Oh, we're, it we're just, we're go, you know, our weekend is. Or, or, or literally the amount of people today that are already like looking at the weather on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Like already looking at their Friday afternoon, which is great. And listen, I, you know what's funny? I now do it more than ever because I'm, I'm enjoying my weekends with my family so much. Yeah. So I, I get it. The bigger theme is if you hate your Monday through Friday, you're in big trouble. Yeah. Exactly. You're in big fucking trouble. Mm-hmm. It's, how do people not understand that when you eliminate sleeping, yeah. it is what you do. Yep. You will be 20 to 70, 20 to 59. You will spend your prime of your life more than 50% of it in a job. Mm-hmm. I mean, you better yeah, really I mean, fucking think about it. Yeah, yeah. spend on their endeavors, and if you're, if you're miserable in them, then. And then people have jobs they hate yeah. just to like maintain their lifestyles. 
which is completely usually based on like other people's opinion. I mean, it's just, yeah. there's so much broken. There's so much opportunity. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. The Neighbors. I mean, that would be one of the first songs on my album. Instagram. Yeah. Straight, 100%. Right. Uh, Instagram amplifies it. But it's fashion too. Mm-hmm. Like it's what we do, it's how we express ourselves. Absolutely. Keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. That would literally be one of my, like, <laughs> I would probably call it something like keeping up with the Vaynerchucks and like write a song and be like, you fuckers, like, please do not care. Like, why, do you know how wrong, everything is wrong when you care about somebody else's, like, the, like people buy homes in neighborhoods they can't afford, because they're gonna, they, they can't I mean, just. Well, it's like you were saying, it's like, who who utilizes their six bedrooms? I'm hot on that now, rooms? right? Awesome. Sweet. Thank you so much. Enjoy your, you enjoy New York, of course. Can't Thanks so much for listening to the audio experience. It would mean the world, and I mean the world, if you could go and leave a rating on iTunes. Your word of mouth is my oxygen.